Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplify. This is Ken Rushton on Voice America Influencer Channel and with my producer, Andre Adams-Miller from the Red Carpet Connection. We are very thankful to Voice America because after technological issues with the accent uh, about a month ago, I feel like I'm back in my driver's seat. I have Skype working. I have just everything I'm used to. So this will be a fun show to not have any technical challenges. And we also have big thanks to Big Events USA, and the Umbrella Syndicate, and of course, the Keep Smiling movement. And uh, we had some events that I couldn't be at personally, but uh, Richard Branson, uh, Brennan Burchard, and Arnold Schwarzenegger are just a couple of people that were in the, I guess, the Keep Smiling periphery. So I will actually cut over to our producer um, of the show, Andrea, and see what happened with all that stuff. <laughs> Well, you know, I've been to so many events, I forget all of where I've been. So, uh, yeah, City Summit was one of them in L.A. Um, and then uh, headed down to San Diego, uh, back to San Diego, where I already was at BrainQuest Mastermind, and went back to San Diego for um, uh, traffic and conversion. However, that was after I was at Pure JV as well with Charles Bird. Uh, which is an absolutely fabulous mastermind for internet uh, marketers and, and anybody who wants to really get their life organized with their business. And then um, I was at the Arnold Amateur NPC Bodybuilding Fitness Figure Bikini and Physiques Championship, as well as the overall Arnold Classic, where I got to meet the world's strongest man and the and uh, absolutely amazing. He deadlifts like 1,600 pounds. Um, he's squatted over like 832 pounds, 16 reps. I mean, just r- unbelievable, well, who is he? ridiculous numbers. Who is he? His name is Halthor Bajorsen. He's from Iceland. And did he He's, hold uh, a Keep Smiling card? He's always 470 pounds. That's amazing. He'll be our biggest Keep Smiling uh, recipient, it sounds like. He he will probably be that for a very long time. I also met um, some other champions. Um, uh, oh, I forget his name. Leo Haney. Uh, he's been uh, eight-time uh, Mr. Olympia. Um, Raleigh uh, Cooney, I think is his last name, eight-time Olympia cha- um, champion. Um, oh, um, King Kai. I met him. Um, he's um, a, a, not only a bodybuilder of uh, former Olympia and champion, and he also does well, comics, and he's it, super it sounds popular. sounds like you met a so lot of people. Lots of really big, awesome guys. <laughs> yes, I was getting afraid that you would name every single person you met in the last seven events, and so we wouldn't have much uh, time for a guest. So I'm, I'm going to actually make a request. Can you post all the photos of all the people you met with a cute smiling card and name them so that we can all relish in the fact that they cause smiles in the world and that <laughs> they are they're making very big things happen how about that is that cool well we will definitely be doing that and uh uh there's uh, lots of eye candy to see as well both male and female lots of beautiful people doing a lot of great things all right well i look forward to seeing these photos and putting them in a, a book on i guess wellness and vitality so let's go ahead and bring our first guest in uh deborah you want to give a nice introduction for her I do. So I had the pleasure of meeting Deborah McNeilis. She has a Master's of Education um, at an, an earlier event, Speak in America in Houston. She is an early brain development specialist, and she's passionately empowering parents and professionals with critical information on human potential. She is the award-winning author of the unique and beautiful brain development series that are pocket purse-sized brain activity packets, both in English and in Spanish, and she has naturally developing young brains. McNeil's pioneering work is to create clear understanding of the experiences that children need and deserve. And it's profiled regularly in a wide range of media platforms, including radio shows, books, and periodicals. Deborah, welcome to the show. I love your work. 
Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the invitation, and I love the enthusiasm you have for my work. Well, this this brain thing seems like it's super important. Doesn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is important. And, uh, you know, the thing is that... Uh, that it, it's still a very tiny number of people that understand what children need most for optimal brain development. And I'm out to make that, that difference, to, to, to make the difference that it becomes common knowledge instead of just a few people understanding this. Well, let's take a step backwards because I, I think you might know that I'm a father of a five-and-a-half-year-old and I take a, a very big interest in his development and really him having the ability to problem solve and um, maybe get scholarships for college, but all in all, be a game changer in the world. So where, tell us about your, uh, your childhood or your upbringing that perhaps caused you, inspired you to really go into this study. Well, the, the inspired moment that occurred is when I was 18 years old, um, I was sitting with my family watching uh, a children's choir, and as I watched those children, I was thinking about what do I want to major in in college, and as I'm sitting there watching these children, various ages, both genders, I'm looking at the beautiful faces, and I'm hearing these voices sing, and all of a sudden, this thought came to me, you know what, all of the adults in those children's lives don't know all they could know to help those kids become all they have the potential to become. And it was just that moment, that second, that inspired thought that has driven my entire career because I thought, I want to learn all I can to help those kids become all they have the potential to become. And so, as I said, it's guided my entire career from that, that single moment. So from age 18 onward, you were obviously very focused on this. What were some of the things you did or read or rec- recommend that uh, I guess adults can do to start off with? All right. Well, what, to, to progress through, um, what happened was I then went into early childhood education and uh, learned all I could. But at that time, it was all just based on theory and behavioral studies. So in the late 80s and early 90s, brain research um, technology was advanced enough to, for us to understand more about what is going on in that brain and what is optimal. So that's when I thought, well, here we go. Every, there's science to show us. And so as far as resources, there are uh, a wealth of resources available and what you know they're all it's um books and lectures and um you know research studies and and that kind of thing so what i wanted to do is take all this neuroscience and the and all this research and simplify it and make it really practical so that's what i've done and that's what uh uh, was being referred to in the brain development packets that I created is creating a created a resource that makes it um, possible for parents to know what to do and why to do it. So they're getting the ideas. What do I do during everyday life to help support my child's optimal development? But then here's the insights as to oh, this is why it's so important. So let's go into that. Uh... Assuming we have uh, of parents that just had a baby, what, how early can we start working on their development, and what would we be doing? Immediately. <laughs> I figured you'd say Immediately. that. Immediately. Um, yeah, because um, day one, what the, what the thing is, is that um, it's, it's the experiences. Whatever experiences a child is having is going to physically impact the way in which a child's brain develops and wires. So it's going to create pathways as a result. It's, it's called experience dependent. A, a child has to have experiences to create the, the connections. And what happens is the repeated experiences are what 
is um, wired most strongly in the child's brain. So it's kind of cool when you think about that the brain is designed to develop primarily after birth. There's certainly a lot of um, connections made um, prenatally in the brain, but it's very, very immature. And there's, there's like 86 billion brain cells in the brain, and they need to make connections with one another. And the way that those connections are made is, as I was saying, through experience. And the most repeated experiences are going to make those strongest connections between those neurons. But what I was saying is that the cool thing is that um, the brain develops primarily after birth so that it can adapt to whichever environment or whichever repeated experiences happen more frequently so that child can, first of all, survive in that environment that, that they're exposed to, and secondly, to succeed. And that's the order that the brain develops. So it's focusing primarily, first of all, on survival, and then the last, very last part of the brain to complete development is more focused on success. You mentioned with your um, son, one of your hopes is that he's going to be able to problem solve. Well, that's one of the last, the functions of the last part of that brain to develop. But it does all start in infancy. So the way that you're responding um, consistently to that child's needs, providing these um, nurturing, stimulating experiences is going to contribute ultimately to that higher functioning area of the brain. Okay, so let's get specific with, I guess, some of the actual activities uh, one would do in you can tell us the st- what stage that is, age one to two or whatever, and then we'll progress up to, I guess, uh, grade school, if that's okay. Okay. All right. Well, the first thing <clears throat> that's critically important is, is responding, as I mentioned already, responding to that baby's needs with a nurture, re- nurturing response. Um, I have trademarked a new term, which is neuro-nurturing. That's what children need. They need nurturing responsiveness. So that is critical. If a child is expressing, or baby, is expressing their need, what they have to have is someone that responds consistently to that need. So baby's laying in a crib crying because they're hungry. They need somebody to come and respond and provide that nourishment for them. So that's, that's first, meeting, meeting their express needs. Um, once that is established, that, um, that then allows for the child to go into the next stage of development, which is like when I speak to audiences, I'll say, okay, what is it that an 18-month-old gets into? And everybody knows the answer. They get into Everything, right? So that's what they're supposed to be doing. If they've had a secure attachment and a nurturing relationship, they're going to be at the stage of exploring their world and getting into everything and trying this and trying that, experimentation, trial and error. And what happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? And that's how they're, then they're through that repeated, those repeated experiences the brain is going to retain that knowledge. Oh, this is what happens when I try this. Um, So that's the next um, stage, just um, playing. And and so one of the areas that I, I focus a lot on is that play is learning and helping get that across so that um, too often it's become common for people to think, well, if these early years are when the brain is developing, well, then we need to push so much academics into those children's brains and knowledge. But, but the reality is they are gaining so much of that basic wiring that is essential for later learning through that play and experimentation. So, so in everyday life, you're providing ways that this, this, toddler can be um, 
you know, they were actually learning physics and mathematics through these experimentation um, activities. They're um, ex- being exposed to language, and hearing a lot of language in their life is so, so essential. So it's all in preparation for later learning through those interactive experiences. That's amazing. And so when do you actually start teaching your kids uh, to communicate with uh, reading and writing? Well, reading is so essential right from the start because, um, again, the brain is so experience-dependent that the, the only way they're going to learn language is by hearing language. They have to be exposed to hearing words in their environment to be able to develop the ability to, to speak and communicate. So reading, of course, is one of those optimal ways. So what I, I, I do a demonstration um, of this during my presentations where uh, uh, if, if we're reading to a child, they're usually held. So, or they're sitting on your lap and they're getting that exposure, you know, that closeness, that feeling of closeness and, and connection and touch. And they're seeing, if they're looking at the book, they're also getting visual stimulation. And then they're hearing the words. Well, all of that combined is creating very, very strong connections for later being able to read on their own. Totally makes sense, and I'm glad that we uh, bought lots of children's books and interacted with him <laughs> on a regular basis. So how often should you well, good. be reading the books? Well, the recommendation is at least once a day, mm-hmm. um, and that's, you know, that's very doable. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you can find a time uh, within a busy day to, to read a book or just, and it doesn't have to read, you don't even have to read all of the text in the book, but have a discussion about the pictures. There's a lot of rich language that happens with that. The thing is that by, when, you, when you use a book to read with children, um, it brings in more vocabulary than would be typically, that you would not typically use during everyday conversations. So it brings in more of a rich vocabulary, which research shows, the more uh, varied and rich that vocabulary is, it, again, is going to contribute to that child's development. And another aspect to this is uh, singing. Singing with children um, brings in, you know, like if you're doing nursery rhymes or singing those children's songs, there's words that you would not use during your typical everyday life. Um, so that's bringing those in for that child. It's um, the other thing about singing is that they hear all of the sounds in words such much more uh, clearly. So an example I often say is, you know, when you sing "Itsy Bitsy Spider," they're hearing each of those sounds within that within that song. So it's uh, you know it's helping again with their language development to hear those portions of words and sounds in language. Totally makes sense. Well, I want to give Andrea an opportunity to ask a couple questions and chime in. So, Andrea, do you have any questions or comments? Uh, thank you, Deborah. So, um, I have a almost, two, well, I have a month-and-a-half-year-old grandson and a three-year-old granddaughter, and so the cards that you had sent um, areas of life. And I'm, you know, see the theme that you're producing. So, um, you were talking already about some of the things with the newborns and then the repetition with the songs and words. Would you also add some of the things that you had talked about in the cards about like the, uh, development of emotion and the, um, emotional intelligence words that you were using and the way that you touch, um, correspond touch with the children? Oh, I am so glad you asked that <laughs> because the emotional development is one of the uh, areas that I feel most strongly about. What we want to do, and the, it, it gives me, it, it gives, this gives me an opportunity to explain the reason that I do this in the first place. Because what what I would love to see is that through this understanding of how a child's brain develops 
we can develop the brain as optimally as possible to not let it get in the way of who that child is so that um, the essence, the heart of who a child is can shine through. If we, um, if we nurture that child, if we recognize that child, if we respect that child and help that child know their value, know their worth, we are going to be giving them the most optimal, um, in my view, the most optimal chance for their fullest potential. So um, what I talk a lot about is that, um, you know, like right from birth, we start putting labels on children because what's the first question we ask? Is it a boy or a girl, right? And so that kind of gives a message of, that there are a certain way or another, another way. We're always giving them direct or indirect messages about who they are. And what we want to help them do is develop the most um, positive uh, self-perception. So um, one of the things I talk about in my presentations as well is that um, the brain can only focus on one thing at a time. We can do more than one thing, but we can only focus on one thing at a time. We can only pay attention to one thing at a time. So when we are focusing attention, what we want to do is focus the attention on the positives with our, chi- with our children. And then, and this is something I stress real strongly, is we, uh, to avoid using praise. And people are often surprised when I say that because... I'm a very optimistic and positive type of person, but what I feel strongly about is that when we use the praise, we are, are creating a judgment from our own perspective. And so, for example, if a child comes up to you and brings this picture that they just drew and they show it to you, our natural response is, oh, good job, or that's beautiful. And and I'm not saying that's horrible. I mean, that's still very nice. But what I advocate for instead is if we can turn it around and help the child learn to self-evaluate so that they aren't becoming dependent on the opinion or the judgment of other people. So instead of when they bring the picture up to you, you can say, wow, you look really proud of your picture. And then they can turn it back on themselves and say, yes, I really am proud of this. Or they can say, well, I think I can do better. And they can go back and do more. But if we just say, good job, we're setting the bar right there. So the more we can turn it back on them to self-evaluate, it's going to be the most optimal. Andre, do you have another question? Uh, Yeah, I do. so um, that's absolutely beautiful. I love that. And then, um, so um, eye contact and touch. Those were two other things I noticed as a theme. So if you address those. Sure. Yes. Eye contact is, is you're giving that recognition. They, we all want recognition, right? So giving them that recognition, I'm here, I'm present with you. And that touch Touch is also, the, brain, the body and the brain actually stop growing with an absence of touch. And so um, that is critically important. And you're just communicating that, that love and that essence within yourself for that child, and they feel it. They pick all that up. And so the more we can have that, that um, physical heartfelt expression come through toward the child, they're going to feel it. And they tune into, the brain tunes into nonverbal communication much more than verbal communication. So, uh, and children are really, really, really tuned into that. Um, they need to be because, again, it's focused on survival. Is this person going to be safe? In fact, all of our lives, our brain is unconsciously scanning the environment and the people in it for safety. So if you're communicating through gentle, loving touch and, and gentle, loving eyes, what is within your heart in a positive way, it's remarkable. it makes a remarkable difference. 
Well, we want to make sure we give you an opportunity to share how people can contact you, follow you, support you, and also get that product that you uh, were sharing. So go ahead and share that now. All right. You can you can reach me um, directly through my website. You can find the, the products directly on my website, and that is at braininsightsonline.com. Fantastic. And how about the social media? Any channels there? Social media, I'm at Brain Insights on Twitter. Um, I'm at uh, Neuro Nurturing on Instagram. Uh, Facebook is Neuro Nurturing with Brain Insights. Super. Well, Deborah, thank you for what you do. I, I know it makes a, a big difference for anyone who has a child, and we're going to share this show because the more we teach kids to think and be leaders, the better our world is. So it's very important work you're doing and very important that you're on our show. So thank you so much. We're going to have you at the end of the show for the rapid fire where we ask some questions of books and mentors and other gold nuggets we didn't get an opportunity to ask in the first segment. So we'll be back in a couple minutes. This is Ken Rashan with amplified on voice america influencer channel with our producer andrea adams miller with the red carpet connection and very special thanks to the key smiling movement big events usa and the umbrella syndicate for their sponsorship we'll be back in two minutes Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Well, I love this show because the show is about making your family stronger, smarter, and really uh, giving an opportunity for young leaders to become better leaders. So thank you so much, Andrea, for finding these wonderful guests. And let's go to our second guest and uh, bring her in. Well, I had the pleasure of spending a couple uh, couple days hanging out with <laughs> Elena Frederick, our next guest, at uh, Traffic and Conversion. And she did not give me a bio that is reminiscent of how awesome and wonderful she is. So I will share what I know about her. What What is really amazing about this woman is she has five boys, so she knows about uh, a little bit about uh, raising children herself. But she came from, uh, from being this, like, small, you know, town person to being a secretary at a business to the next thing you knew, she was running the entire business for the COO or for the CEO and ran everything. Like, they had nothing to do with the business, and she totally took charge and did everything from sales to funnels to commission to running everything, and then uh, ended up with Swanwick Sleep, where she also seemingly does everything alongside the two CEOs, and she is the chief sales officer there at Swanwick Sleep, and she really loves being a part of this company's mission. It's about educating people on the importance of quality of sleep for optimal health and productivity by blocking harmful blue light, and she'll tell us more about that and how we see blue light all day long with all of our electronics and so do our children and she really loves the swannies swannies are the glasses that you wear that are the, they are the absolute coolest blue light blocking sunglasses and regular glasses out there in the world so elena welcome to the show 
Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, first and foremost, where do we get some of these blue blocking sunglasses? I want to get them right now. <laughs> They're on the way. Yours your, are on the way. Oh, good. Because I'll tell you what, as an insomniac, I know I could use them. Definitely. Yeah, so, I, right away when I met her, I'm like, I need these on Ken's face immediately. <laughs> so I'm guessing in your childhood, you didn't sleep for maybe the first 18 years, and you were like, I better get into a career that helps me sleep more. I'm just guessing. Is that kind of accurate? Um, no, it actually was, you know, as a mom, you know, you don't sleep. Once you become a parent, I don't think you ever sleep, even whenever they're grown and moved out of the house. Now I know what my mom goes through when she still worries about me when I'm a grown adult raising children of my own. She still worries. She still loses sleep over me. Um, so anything that I can do to help myself get sleep so I'm not a bear of a mother um, is always a positive. I agree. So uh, was there anything that happened in your childhood that led you to this career and this focus? It, you know, I when, I when I was growing up, I actually wanted to be a screenwriter. I used to watch TV all the time and use it as homework. And I was taking notes. And if my mom told me to turn off the TV, she was ruining my life because she made me turn off the TV. <laughs> so there has to be something ingrained in me saying, this was a bad thing. I shouldn't have been watching so much TV. But it, it truly did not really, you know, come to life until uh, very recently when I started working with the company and I learned how much blue light changed everything. And while I was working with the company, I actually had a premature child and spent a little over a month in the NICU. And it is surprising how much sleep you lose, not just because you're in a very stressful situation, but also the monitors and everything that's around you, the noise and the lights. And um, when my son was hooked up to the, the, the billy blankets, the, the glowing blue baby, um, I would have crazy headaches. And I... The one day I'm like, I can't do this. I want to sit here and just look at my son. Even though I can't touch him, I can't hold him, I just want to look at him. But the lights gave me such bad headaches. So I immediately left the hospital. It was the first time I left the hospital. Drove home, got my, my night swannies, went back and sat there. And I was able to, like, just look at him and just take all of his features in. And it was at that moment I was just like, oh, my word, this is such an amazing thing I am a part of. I cannot, like, th this is my life now. Like, mm. helping people with sleep and blocking blue light and just improving their quality so that they can work better, they can, they can parent better, they can just be better. It, it's now just, it, it's, it's a new platform. Well, I have so many questions. So to start off with, uh, how prevalent is this blue light for people to deal with? You know, blue light surrounds us. Um, it, it's one thing I never thought about at all. I never even really knew about it. And it's, it's one of those things that once I started working with the company, I started learning everything, started reading all the studies. I was like, oh, man, this is one of those things that you kind of wish you didn't know about. <laughs> kind of like toxins in our water and everything else that's like horrible around us. And, and once you learn about it, you're like, oh, wow, it's everywhere. It's the streetlights. It's our devices. It's the lights in our house. You know, it, it's the this, this screens on our, you know, high-tech security systems in our home. Like, blue light is everywhere. So what's happening with this blue light? What is, what is the re reaction and the stimulus that it's causing? Right, so um, we get we get healthy blue light, um, natural blue light from the sunshine. It is that thing that triggers in us. It is time to be awake. It stops the production of melatonin in our bodies, and it and it says it's it's go time. It is go time. And when you're completely surrounded by it, and you're constantly getting it in, whether it's from natural sources, of course, during the daytime we get it, which is why it helps us stay awake. But if we're getting it at nighttime and we're constantly receiving the, the, the blue light from everywhere around us, our body doesn't know, oh, it's time to start producing melatonin. It is time to start shutting down and getting ready to, to go to sleep and get through our REM cycles. 
without that, you don't get a good deep quality sleep. You don't stay asleep long. You you end up laying there in bed like, oh, oh can't sleep. I'll just check my email one more time. Oh, can't sleep. I'm going to go check and see what Sally Joe is doing on Facebook. And then you just, you know, you're interrupting that cycle again and again and again. And you lend, you know, lead to just like yourself with constant insomnia because you can't sleep. Wow. So uh, the, I guess the next natural question is, is this uh, more prevalent in the U.S. or where, where do does blue light, wherever blue light is, I'm assuming it would cause problems, but we have probably a very high saturation of blue light. We definitely have a high saturation of blue light, but anywhere where there is technology, anywhere there where there is electricity, you're going to have blue light. So, and and 100% of the population needs to sleep. Now, some people may not use electricity, so they may not have devices, so they may not have this issue, but for most of the modernized world, you're going to have this issue. And not only does it affect your sleep, but it's also affecting your eye health. You know, there, there's new studies that are coming out about how our devices are leading to early eye issues, um, even blindness, you know, worst case scenario. Um, and, and that's just, you know, with how early our children are on devices, it's a really scary thing as a parent. You want to make sure that you're giving them every tool they can have to get the world into their little noggins, you know, whether it's audiobooks or, you know, Kindle to read different stuff and listen to different podcasts and radio shows and to do different puzzles and things that you can do on electronics because they're a great thing. But on the same side, you don't want to be ruining their eyesight and ruining their sleep and same thing for yourself. As an adult, you know, up night working, you know, up late and, night working and everything. And uh, I've noticed a feature that I've applied on my phone and my uh, laptop, which is reverse light. It's uh, the dark screen. Does that help? Um, it does help a little bit. Um, what it does is it just reduces the amount of blue light coming out, but it doesn't completely block it. Uh, so you're still getting blue light. So it, it does help a little bit. But um, so there's like the night shift or F-Lux, uh, I think, are the two most popular um, situations, depending on if you're Apple or Android. And, and, and they don't reduce the brightness. They don't reduce the blue light or, or completely block. The, the blue light, they do re- reduce a little bit of brightness and things like that, but it's not complete. And the other thing is, too, it's not just your devices. So a lot of people are just worried about their devices. Oh, I put my night shift on. Well, that doesn't matter if you've got an LED light next to your bedside or mm-hmm. you've got a big, huge street light outside of your window or you've got a TV screen going. So there's other places that it gets you get the blue light from, not just your phone or tablet. So, um, just to reemphasize this, any anywhere there's technology, people are being impacted. So, you're saying potentially 100% of Americans are impacted with blue light, and so really everyone could use your product, and, and using your product would get a quality uh, rest and REM to be able to function at a high pro- productive rate if they choose to. Definitely. So, we it? Definitely. Okay. So... Uh, how much do these uh, blue blockers cost? Uh, so we have a number of different ones. Um, uh, our kids start at $49, and then everything goes up from there. We have different styles, uh, different colors, different sizes. So basically, there's one for everyone. Uh, and uh, it, and we also have night and day versions. So we have the night, which I know Andrea got to try out, and uh, she even said, like, within five minutes of putting it on, she felt calmer and was like, ooh, this is nice. Uh, so we have the, the night ones, which are the classic uh, tinted, so a lot of people recognize them as the orange glasses because they have the orangish lens on them. But we also have a day lens that is really developed for, you know, entrepreneurs like 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 you and myself and everyone else who is working on their computer eight-plus hours a day and it just helps with that digital eye strain from sitting in a cubicle underneath fluorescent lights, sitting in front of giant computer monitors, 
all day long so that when they leave the office, they're not feeling as tired and they're not, you know, sitting there rubbing their eyes or having eye drops in their eyes because their eyes are just screaming for relief. Well, since we made that nice little plug right there, um, can people go to Amazon and buy them? How do they get these? Right. So we are at swanwicksleep.com. And we are also on Amazon, and we're in a number of different Amazon, just uh, U.S., the U.K., so we're pretty much worldwide. As we said, almost 100% of humans on Earth (laughs) have blue light around them. (laughs) Yes, and uh, I guess Andrea typically puts a link so that we will provide that after the show, so no, no big deal there. So, Andrea, do you have some questions or comments since... You've been very well, patient. Well, I can uh, give some feedback on that. So I did, um, once she gave me the pair to put on to try, um, with it, she was correct, within moment, we were in an extremely noisy, noisy, noisy environment. And my just calm rate, it was kind of like all of a sudden I went into meditation mode and it was just so much more peaceful. I was able to block out all that extra noise and, and, and concentrate on the conversation and what we were, business, you know, that we were talking about. And then I used them the next day in the evening and uh, for me it took it's taking some getting used to because I like really really ridiculously bright light and they're they're almost like having a, a sunglass on because things are a little different, um, you know, pitch or tone. Um, in fact, I call them my rose-colored glasses because all of a sudden I seemed more happy. <laughs> um, however, and use, I've been using them consistently since, and I have found I go to sleep um, extremely fast as, like, as soon as I hit the bed, and uh, I'm getting up better as well. So, we'll, um, so I've only had them well, not even a whole week here, and it, it seems to be working. So we'll, we'll see um, as you know, we play out with different shows in the future if that continues to work, if I'm continually wearing them. So, and then we'll see. You'll be the true test, Ken, because I know you have trouble sleeping and you're on your computer all the time and all your electronics. So I know you're absorbing a lot of blue light. So it'll be interesting. Um, And I did have one more question. Um, So for children, um, what is the youngest age that they can wear them? Well, my eight-month-old has actually worn them. <laughs> They're a little bit big Perfect. on his face. But, um, yeah, so we do have a, a children's pair that is meant for small children. You know, goodness, my 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 nephew can run electronics better than I can, and I call myself a computer whiz. Um, not really a whiz, but, you know, he can get onto things quicker and easier and he's three years old and and most kids in America are kind of like that so um, they do fit the smaller children so you can start very early especially if you are you know introducing electronics or if you're sitting there watching a family movie you know family movie night everyone pop on your swannies and still get to enjoy the movie but without you know feeling like you're you're hurting your your children's eyes. Well, I'm excited about this. That is really cool that you have day version and night version, so you're protecting your eyes at all times and enjoying the benefits, obviously. And they're stylish, too, huh? Yeah. It sounds yeah. like it would yeah, be easy to, to get out. the children to wear them. If you yeah. tell them you get to play with your iPad or play your games or watch your shows, if you wear these glasses, they probably will wear them, no problem. <laughs> Yeah, my, my kids, they, they wear them all the time. You don't even have to, they don't even have to be on electronics. They're like, I'm going to go put my swannies on because they love the colors. They like wearing them. Um, and, and, and you were mentioning about them being stylish. We actually have a lot of great photos um, on our Instagram, which is at Swanwick. And uh, I feel like that's like the best place to see like how cool they are because sometimes you're wondering like, hmm, Rose-colored glasses? I don't know about this. <laughs> but once you see them on, oh, wow, they actually do look kind of cool. Uh, so you can be cool while being smart and still being productive and being able to get in those last-minute emails and last-minute you know, messages to your team members. Well, great. So let's go ahead and go to rapid fire uh, a little early. We don't normally have an opportunity to ask this many questions and I just want to make sure that Deborah is ready as well so the idea of rapid fire is that anything we didn't get an opportunity to ask you during your segment we get more of an opportunity to get a lot more data 
very quickly. So as quick as we can ask a question is hopefully the goal of how quick you can answer it. So you don't need to expand as much. We can use links for that. So Deborah, are you there as well? I will take that as a maybe. Mm-hmm. So Elena, we're going to go ahead and start with you. And if Deborah does not kick in, we will be addressing more of these questions to you. So All right. uh, since we are very big proponents of publishing and authors we love to hear how books change a person's life so if you would like to name a couple of books that changed your life and either uh, from a professional personal or even specifically some books people can read about this yes so one of my favorite ways to consume books is audiobooks I love audiobooks and I especially love ones read by the author and my favorite one that I have listened on repeat for the last couple of years since it came out is The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. I absolutely love it. It has changed the way I look at life. It's changed the way that I'm like, I'm going to do this. Get up. Throw those covers off of you. Another book that I have listened to on repeat over the last couple of days is Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. And it's another one of those books that's just like, I just need to be myself. Stop comparing myself with others and just compare myself with the person I was yesterday. Absolutely love those two books and love the ladies behind them. And I'm going to just, I'm speculating. Um, when you listen to audiobooks, there is less blue light. Yes, there would be less <laughs> blue light because they're in my ear and the phone is tucked away somewhere. Not even, the screen's not even lit up. <laughs> and we don't have to worry about blue audio, so... Right. <laughs> okay. So I'm not sure if Deborah is there. Deborah, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, good. Deborah, so same question. Uh, you can name uh, one or a couple books that have changed your life, either from a personal business or specifically about your topic. Well, <clears throat> two, two books that come to mind are, one is uh, a book called The Science of Parenting, it's written by Margot Sunderland, and it is just a beautiful book. Um, photographs and simple information, science-based information, um, but just presented so easily and all, on a lot of topics that parents are concerned about. And so I just love that one. I, I have so many favorites. <laughs> it's hard to what's narrow a, it down. A, but another, another, um, <clears throat> another one that's really impactful is uh, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. Nice. And uh, it, it explains the science behind what's, what's taking place when we have a belief about something. And so th- that's an aspect of all of this work that I, um, <laughs> that I emphasize so strongly in helping children and adults believe in themselves and what and he explains how that physically changes the chemistry and the energy within us well i'll tell you what between those two authors uh, that you mentioned uh, i should say elena mentioned the five second rule by mel and then you with uh, the biology belief with bruce we need to get those two guys on our show that sounds fascinating all right, so Andrea, there, you, you there, to... there you go. Yes. <laughs> so if you if you have connections to them, we'd love to have them on the show. So Andrea, would you like to uh, ask a question? Yeah, I actually I, I want to ask my favorite question is if you had a superhuman power, what would it be? And that would be for Elena first. Um. So <laughs> one of my favorite superheroes is actually a comic, but Elastigirl. I think she's awesome. She's a cool mom. And to be able to stretch yourself out, to be in multiple places at once, so you can catch the spill before it happens and catch the child on the other side of the house that's about to grab something they shouldn't, like, that would be an amazing superhero. Uh, she's the one from the Adventures, <laughs> right? She's from the Adventures, right? Uh, the Incredibles. Incredibles, so she's that's like right. Okay. A super mom and superhero, super wife. She's pretty cool. Yeah, but she, that's based on a true story, if I recall. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Um, <laughs> I think it's Deborah? based on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, my superpower would be, I don't think there's a character like this yet, but <laughs> what I would love is that I would love to be the heart-radiant 
superwoman. And uh, <clears throat> anywhere I radiate my heart, it, it is felt and recognized, and then it just keeps, that spreads to the next person, and then that person spreads it to the next person. Beautiful. Well, that, that's fantastic. I am going to go uh, to my go-to question, that it's usually one of my latter ones, but um, the producers give me a, a lot of pressure to make sure I get this in early, because we've had some instances where we weren't able to ask this very crucial question, which is a quote that changed your life or a quote that you live by. So, Elena, you first. Um, so, this one is actually one that came to me a couple years ago um, after my husband had had two heart attacks and everything in my life was driven by fear. And I had listened to a number of, of audiobooks. I don't even know if anyone said it. Maybe I'm the one who actually quoted it. <laughs> I don't know. But I wrote it down on sticky notes everywhere that, that fear will not fuel my decisions. And Every day, I think about that, and it just, it's like, nope, I'm not going to let fear run my life, and, and it, it's, it's, a, it's my own personal mantra. Awesome. Deborah? Well, can I combine this question with the last one? Because when you said what has changed your life or, you know, impacted your life, it, it isn't really a quote. It's, it's a book. Um, when I was in high school, I picked up a book that my parents had on the bookshelf, and it was called Try Giving Yourself Away. And that's kind of what I, what I live by, is giving to others. And um, through that, and the brain science shows that we all benefit when, when we do that. You, you benefit as well as the receiver. And as far as answering a quote or sharing a quote, um, one that really resonates with me is don't cry because it's over smile because it happened by Dr. Seuss. That is a great one. And that is our rapid fire. We we went through it very quickly and very thoroughly with lots of great information. So both of you are just such powerful people and you made a big difference for myself and I know for Andrea and all the people that are listening to incorporate the styles of learning and uh, brain power and also getting that sleep so we can enjoy our brain (laughs) that much more. So thank you both for being on the show. You guys are just such a gift and we will be airing this show all week as well as uh, putting you in a book called Amplified Nuggets because you guys definitely amplified leadership and uh, the ability to actually be superhuman and so you guys are superheroes by yourself so Andrea thank you so much for bringing them in our our sponsors are Big Events USA the Umbrella Syndicate Red Carpet Connection of course the Key Smiling Movement so we'll be back next week this is Ken Roshan with Amplified and Voice America We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.